frequent listener of the show, then you know how much I stress that it's not about the gear you use or the resolution that you shoot things on. It's about what you put in front of the camera. It's all about the actors. Are they interesting to look at? Do they make us curious, sad? Are they just captivating? Uh, What are they wearing? And what do the clothes say about their character and where they are emotionally at that moment? Then there's the makeup. How does the makeup accentuate that emotion? How does it change the actress's natural features? Or how does it accentuate them? Uh, When I first started shooting photos and even directing, makeup was a mystery to me. Uh, It kind of makes sense though, because my only experience with it was watching either my mother put it on or later my girlfriends use it. Uh, And if it's done correctly, it's a technique that most people don't even notice. Eyeliner to make our eyes feel bigger, uh, foundation for smooth skin, drawing in full ellipse. <laughs> Just listing these techniques, I feel like a bit of a poser, like a pedestrian in an art that so many women learn at a young age. How to change their appearance, how to take body paints and mold themselves into something else. Now, makeup is a huge part of photography and film, and it's one of those skills that I love to slowly learn by watching the professionals do it. Pros like my guest today, Brenda Welsh. Together, Brie and I have created some amazing work, everything from beautiful portraits to full prosthetic demon dogs. Brie does it all. Uh, It's also one of those skills in our business that's useful outside of film work, makeup for weddings, appearances, and even exotic dancers. Anytime I want to book her, I cross my fingers because she's always busy. It's an inspiring thing to watch her run her business. It's an inspiring thing to watch her work. She's one of the most confident and driven women in the business today. So, on today's episode, I sit down and I learn from the ladies. Hanging out with Brie and returning guest, fashion photographer Gina Manning, we talk makeup. We talk beauty perception and how the work that we do in film and video uh, has slowly shaped how young girls perceive themselves. And this whole Instagram culture, change my face, look like the Kardashians thing that has spread like some bad virus. This episode goes into some really great places and you don't want to miss a second of it. So you know the deal. Go take a peek through your fridge. Find the ingredients for your favorite sandwich. If you've only got the stuff for PB&J, well make it and do it with love, right? Spread that peanut butter to every corner, same with the jelly. And you want to blow your mind? Get your hands on some Thai basil, slice it really thin, and spread it on top. It's amazing. If you like Pad Thai, you'll love that fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So, take it, sit back, relax, and enjoy your lunch with us on In Love With The Process. Okay, so we're here hanging out. Today is a uh, special, every episode is a special episode, but today is an even more special episode because I feel like I'm just having lunch with the ladies today. Ladies lunch. Ladies lunch day. All right, so I'm hanging out here with uh, Brie. Brie Welsh is hanging out with me. And of course, uh, Gina is back on the show as well. And uh, today we're going to sit around and do uh, a lunch. I I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm either going to make sandwiches or deconstruct sandwiches, whatever you guys want. Anything sounds good to me. All right. Mm -hmm. Meats. Meats. (laughs) Gina likes the (laughs) meats. We're dealing with uh, kind of a pretty intense hangover today, right? Yes. What was that all about? That was like a last minute thing last night. Well, 
It happens. That's how it always gets you. You never expect it to happen, and then you're like, what was I thinking? And lately it's been <laughs> happening in the house, so it, you don't even realize how much you're drinking because there's no reference. Yeah, you're home and cozy, and that's it. <laughs> We're not house drinkers. Like like last night, it wasn't house drinking. Last night, we went out and hung out with our buddy Doug. Oh, yeah, we went to dinner, but then we came home, and at least I was drinking with <laughs> <laughs> our roommate and our friend. Oh, Super sweaty today, super yeah. raspy today. It's a good day to eat. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. I like it. Um, but before I get into making food, I'm going to make Gina wait for it even longer. Look at the look. <laughs> <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> uh, but uh, I just want to get into a bit of you, Brie. So you and I have been working together for what, like? Oh, my gosh. I mean, at least 13, maybe 14 years. Jesus. Long time. Yeah. Like, we were little baby peanuts when we started. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell happened to us? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Brie is an amazing uh, makeup artist. You're also a hairstylist. Mm-hmm. You do everything. Um, and I think it's like a really cool thing to talk about on the show because uh, actually I'm kind of envious about the position because oh. it's one of the few positions on a film set that actually has you get real... You touch everyone. Well, besides yes. that, besides that creep. <laughs> I pet everyone all day. I just pet people. <laughs> but it's also one of those trades that has like real world applications. Yes. So like you're always fucking busy. Yes. Which I'm lucky that I've been able to kind of transcend into many different forms of hair and makeup because there are so many different outlets. But yeah, it definitely keeps me pretty busy. Yeah. I can't complain. And you're one of the most pro that I've worked with. Ooh, like thanks. as far as like running your own business and making sure that you're making sure that you're branding yourself correctly. Like all that's really great. It's funny you say that because I would not consider myself a great business person. But um, <laughs> thank you very much. No, it's so weird how not knowing at all what I'm doing. It just kind of all has happened through the years. And yeah, I have no rhyme or reason as to how it worked out with as far as the business side of it growing. And it just is pretty much getting myself out there and meeting people, I think was the biggest part. So how'd you get, so how'd you get started? Cause I mean, I mean, as a, as a dumb dude, I'm like, okay, so you like to play with makeup and then you started doing makeup <laughs> stuff. Play like, with how- makeup. <laughs> <laughs> That kind of makes sense. I mean, I definitely was that young kid that just, you know, every holiday or birthday, I always wanted the fun little makeup sets that you'd see when you were a kid. But the biggest thing that got me started is I was supposed to be a professional ballerina, which is a joke if you look at me now, but uh, (laughs) that was my original path in life. So I actually have been doing a professional form of makeup since I was like 11 years old. I was doing full-on stage makeup as a kid. Oh, wow. And it was, you know, just for myself, but I was properly taught how to do stage makeup. And, you know, that's very different than normal everyday makeup because you need to really accentuate all of the features for a very, very large room. Exactly, because I can't see you, so you're you're exaggerating everything. Like, hugely exaggerated. You know, contouring was not invented by the Kardashians. It was invented (laughs) way, way long ago. I mean, like, (laughs) thousands of years ago for stage. It died with the Kardashians. Pretty much. (laughs) So um, that was where my real love began, was I would show up early for performances to do the other girls' makeup and hair. Um, And just the thought of being like, whoa, I can totally transform a person for the stage. So literally have been doing that kind of makeup since I was very young. I mean, there's a picture of me when I was 12 or 13 in a makeup workshop from my ballet school where I'm doing makeup on one of the dancers. And you can literally see in my face that I'm like, this is the raddest thing ever. (laughs) It's like the greatest picture. But um, so from there, I was supposed to dance professionally and... Um, I was traveling and training places. And then when I had my last injury, 
I had to retire early. And instead of dancing professionally, and then I wanted to do makeup part-time in the layoff and seasons, I was like, you know what? I love this. There has to be some way to make this a career. Because back then it wasn't like makeup is today. Everyone thinks they can do it as a job. And sure. You know, my dad actually thought I was going to work in the morgue or L.A. He was like, you're either going to work in movies or you're going to work in the morgue. And I'm like, there's more to it than that, dad, but thanks. (laughs) So, um, yeah, when I had to stop dancing, I just jumped in head first with the makeup path. And that was almost 20 years ago. It was at least 17, 18 years ago now. So Goodness. Yeah, I was lucky that I got into it right away, right out of high school when I, I think I was 19, like I said, when I started. So I've literally been doing it ever since and, you know, self-taught in the beginning, but I thought it was very important to get whatever education I could out of it. So I went to aesthetic school knowing I would never be an actual esthetician, but they had a makeup course and, Hmm. you know, they ended up asking me to teach there when I graduated. And instead of that, I actually went to LA and did um, a month-long um, certification program there with an artist and kind of just like did little bits of whatever education I could get my hands on. And um, Smart. Yeah. Well, it's kind of messed up that you don't have to have a license to be a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. I think that's ridiculous. Really? How yeah. come? It's just not regulated properly yet. Um, I don't know. I actually would like to look into that more because it'd be nice to weed some of these people out because there's very proper sanitation things you oh, need to do and right. things that you need to understand. And it's just whole other oh, program right. about that. But um, yeah, so I just thought at least if I was going to aesthetic school and studying with actual working artists, I was getting all of that information that you don't get, mm-hmm. you know, being self-taught. And um, yeah, I just would kind of get out there and... I think the very first photo shoot I did was when I was a bartender at Bill's Bar and one of the door guys was this like crazy fetish photographer on the side. And I was like, sweet, do you have models? I'll do makeup. And like, that was the first photo shoot I did. And it was just totally throwing myself out there and just being artistic as I could. So that was the beginning of it. You're very versatile. That's one Mm -hmm. thing. Like you and I will work together. Like uh, Brie did the makeup effects in the sugar video that we did years ago. So like all the demon dogs <laughs> yep. and a lot of the prosthetics. That was, crazy. That that was, was the best and also worst. <laughs> Literally the best, like still one of my favorite things, but that was a fake it till you make it moment. Oh my God. Oh my God I was freaking out, but we did it. <laughs> yeah. That whole, that whole show was pretty much a fake it till you make yeah. it thing. But so you go from that extreme, you go from that extreme to like, you know, like where we'll hire you and you'll work with us on bows and you're just dusting people. Oh, yeah. It's so like it's like this balding crazy... man's heads. Here's a little powder. <laughs> Poof, you're done. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. And, you know, I think a lot of times the audience doesn't think or doesn't register which is a good thing, but they don't register the fact that men wear makeup. Oh, yeah, super oh, yeah. important. With the way cameras are today, everybody needs something. And so why would you put makeup on a, on a man? Um, the, the biggest thing is, is that the camera really does pick up everything now. I mean, even with lighting and filters, if there's blemishes or anything, you're going to see it. So it's doing the most minimal amount of makeup, but mm-hmm. to still make people look as polished as they can. And the biggest thing is shine. Right. You have to cut the shine oh my um, on people's faces because if someone's just sitting there and their face is literally like glowing off the screen and it's not supposed to be, it's distracting. So yeah, yeah. that's the biggest thing with men is just, you know, cleaning up their hair because a lot of them come in with mops on top and <laughs> need a little help and just, you know, getting rid of blemishes. and. You really do save us in the photo world from... So much editing. Oh my gosh. Well, and I, I don't remember numbers wise, but I did have a photog- photographer friend tell me that 
even though they're paying me to be there, it still saves them so much money in retouching. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, and that's the whole, is there's a lot of lazy makeup artists there too that will rely on retouching, which that's a whole nother thing for oh. me to go off on. It's yeah, like, I mean, Gina, can you can get into that, Gina. Yeah. Because you deal with, what's it, I mean, when do you see, if you see bad makeup, where does it usually show up for you? Like, uh, Probably the hardest is bad lipstick. Like mm-hmm. not a proper line on the lips because reconstructing like the shadows underneath the mouth and oh, it's a nightmare. Not a, not a problem I've ever had with Brie. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's fascinating. So it's if if the if the lipstick line isn't right, then oh, you have to go in there and paint that in. Their, basically rebuild their lips and lips are so specific. Like yeah. Each little spot. I'm like, no. Well, you can totally change a person's face just yeah. with the slightest angle mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. on the lip. Um, so yeah, that makes perfect sense that that would be a nightmare. Just, you mean, you probably spend hours just on one little spot on the yep. face. And if you do it right in the beginning, yep. you don't have to mess with it later. And yep. that's a big thing with me on set too, is, you know, I'm fairly quick as far as makeup artists go, but I, you know, if I need to spend the time on something, I'd rather do it right in the beginning. So then when we're on set, I don't have to keep running in yeah. and out. Well, cause especially like working with you, we work so great together and with Gina too, like we know each other's vibes, but there's yep. sometimes where I work with a new director that it's my first time and I don't know their vibe. So you don't always know if you can run in and just mm-hmm. be like, Hey, give me a second. Or, you know, sometimes directors are like, if you go in there and like mess up the vibe of the actors or whatever going, they're going to be pissed at you. Yeah. So you need to make sure what you're doing is the way it needs to be right off the bat so that mm-hmm. you don't have to keep interrupting the flow of a scene. Yeah. And you know, that's something that you kind of just have to figure out working with different people as far as who will allow you to go in. But if you do it right in the beginning, then you don't have to keep going in and out as much. I also think that's important. Like photographers and directors, they should yep. always give hair and makeup and wardrobe like last looks before they go. Yes. That's so, <laughs> so you're important. not just like scared hovering at the screen. Like how the fuck does this look? Yes. <laughs> well, I think it just comes from like what mindset, cause every director comes from a different place. Mm-hmm. So like my history was like photography. My history was a bit of that. There are directors that are actors, directors. There are people that come from all different spots. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, you guys have both worked with me enough to realize that it's taken me a while to get into like the beauty end of things. <laughs> you usually just have me on set and you're like, make sure I'm this like, looks good. How does this look? You know what I mean? Because you are not giving yourself enough credit yeah. for that. You've always had a good eye for sure, but, the beauty part of stuff. But it's the same thing with like, it's the same thing with wardrobe. Like, whenever I work with a wardrobe stylist, she brings in a bunch of stuff on a rack and she's ha- holding things up on hangers. And I'm like, it's fucking fabric. I, you, you know, you I know what no you idea. don't like though. And that's yeah. just as important as oh, having a, that's actually sometimes yeah. makes it easier. If you're yeah. like, I know I don't like X, Y, Z, then it's easier to figure out what yeah, will work. Yeah. But it takes a while. It took me a while to figure it all out. I mean, and this is part of the learning process as you become a filmmaker and you, if you're smart, you spend time with the different departments mm-hmm. and you get to sort of hang out. And on one of my previous episodes, I talked about, I actually compared, uh, it was like, who's there? Because you were on who's there yes. with us. Uh, and I compared it to that. being at war. So it's almost like being on war. And the closer you get to the to the set is the front line. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then you have all like these weird little camps that are set up as you go further out. <laughs> that is genius. That it, makes so much sense. You know? So yeah. like as you go through and you go into like production design department, and they're all fucking messy. And Larry's like like a, yes. like a dirty mess. And he's in there. And I always get a kick out of going into the hair and makeup room because it's usually really chill. Uh-huh. There's a lot of like 
I don't want to say catty conversations, but oh, this, you can say that. You guys were taking like ginger ginger shots when I came oh, in there. Oh, that's right. It was the overnight, so I was like, "We're all gonna die" because I don't do well with overnight. So I had all this like holistic stuff for us to stay alive. Because I got on a plane the next morning for oh, a yeah. week long shoot. You too. did, you did, you hustled ass for me. Um, but I, I always get a kick out of it, and I, whenever I come in and just hang out, I'm always just like letting you guys do your thing. And what I try to do is just give you an overall direction of what I think the character needs mm-hmm. and what I think the mode, the, the mood for it is. But I don't know fucking specifics. It's like, and I like being able to depend on folks like you because we've worked long mm-hmm. enough where I'm like, here's what I'm thinking. Go nuts. That's and just do it. the best. And that's also, I think, with Gina and I too working mm-hmm. on the shoots that we've done is it is the best when you know when you work with someone and you can basically say three words yep. and then the <laughs> other person is like, got it. And you just go with it. Yep. And we've done... Both of all of us have done many shoots like that where yep. we're not even totally verbalizing a ton of yep. it, but we just get the vibe of what the other person is wanting. And that's my favorite stuff. Mm-hmm. It's that's when magic happens. Yep. Like we are a bunch Completely. of unicorns that read each other's magic and I like uh, that. I don't know about being a unicorn, but yeah, you know, I guess. What's wrong I, with being a unicorn? You are totally a unicorn, yeah, you Luke, and you know it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm like a stinky old dirty unicorn. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> You're my, the my, first unicorn. My, my, yeah. my, my horn's all broken and shit. <laughs> oh, your mane is all oh, dreaded. Oh, it's all matted. <laughs> uh, can I have a piece of that cheese? <laughs> yes, okay. So in the meantime, as you're listening at home, I am going to be cutting... And chewing. <laughs> cutting the cheese. We're cutting the cheese right now. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. So I have a bunch of different cold cuts. Everything's from Russo's. Ooh, that place is amazing. That's amazing, Plug. right? Yeah. Once, they need to start fucking sponsoring me. Um, this is Manchango cheese. If you guys want some cheese. Also sponsored. There Just is the, a, the whole encompassment like, of Manchango, Manchango cheese. Manchango yeah. in general. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole like Manchango lobbyist yeah. group that I'm just getting paid by. <laughs> Uh, we have some manchego cheese, but I can make sandwiches. You want a sandwich? Sure. That okay. sounds so perfect. Sandwiches. I've got um, uh, Tuscan ham. Oh, their I am not are picky. So like, good. go nuts. Do oh, okay. your worst with that right. sandwich, and I will love it. Oh, I'm so right. excited. So while I'm working here, let's continue the conversation, and okay. feel free to have open conversations amongst yourself, because okay. I think you guys are great guests to have on the show, because... Uh, working in awesome. film, well, besides the fact that you're <laughs> righteous, you're a fucking hot mess. There. Um, but um, you know, there's a big difference between movie. Well, there's a difference between movie uh, uh, makeup and there and still makeup, right? Um, kind of. Yeah. Yes and no. So I would say, I mean, lighting is lighting, and you have to just understand lighting. Yep. The biggest difference with film and print is with print. You can take a picture and then go in and fix it. Mm-hmm. With okay. video, if it's an ongoing scene and something is off, like I said, sometimes you can go in and a lot of times you can't go in and fix it. So with film, hair and makeup, especially hair, because hair is always moving, makeup to me is always a lot easier to kind of get where you want it and then maintain it. Yeah. Um, you're constantly having to make sure, I mean, for continuity, which is like the devil. <laughs> okay, I so fucking hate continuity with hair because it's so hard. I mean, there's millions and millions of pieces of hair on your head, yep. and I notice it all the time in different films when like one little piece is off. And oh, Zo- like I always notice Zoe Deschanel's uh, bang. oh her bangs, bangs are always bangs are different because <laughs> that little like they'll get a little split here yep, or there, yep. and there is <laughs> no way to make hair 
exactly the same. Unless you're doing wig work and it is going from a wig stand to a head, there's no way to actually make it perfectly the same. That's crazy. You don't think about that actually. Yeah. So hair gives me such anxiety on set with continuity things. But, um, (laughs) and then again, the makeup, you know, you put makeup on, if you do it right, you really shouldn't have to touch it up that much. I mean, powdering and cleaning it up a little bit, but Mm -hmm. that's the biggest difference I think between film and print is that the movement can't be fixed, um, as quickly and easily with print when it's like picture stop fix with film you know, again, there may be some amazing chemistry happening in a scene that the director really wants that to keep going with the actors. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, there's a piece of hair. <laughs> not exactly where I want it. Right. So that, I think, is a huge difference. But Yeah, it's, it's very true. There's a lot more compromise when you're actually doing film stuff because as the director, you're sort of sitting there going, well, what's more important? Am I getting a real fucking moment out of this yeah, person? Right. Or is the fact that their hair is all fucked up? And I will often just be like, it doesn't fucking matter. Right. And I think that if you are making something that's great and you're actually finding that chemistry, then the people won't notice the continuity. Yep. Very true. So unless you're doing like a, you know, if you're doing like a piece of shit and no one really cares about it, then they have time (laughs) to pick it all apart. To pick it all apart and be like, well, the fucking glass isn't in the right spot. And for those listeners, I'm sure everybody does know, but continuity is basically a term that we have to try to keep all of the elements between shots, the same. Yeah, the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, you're essentially trying to say that we're in the space. And a lot of these tricks Thank that we you. use, whether we have as much as you guys want, anything you want, you open it up. Eating peanuts. It's all good. Eat it no, eat it right on fucking. You're eating. Everybody okay. should be jealous. <laughs> but I don't want to know this cheese is amazing. Sound wise, how much and how often I eat. I'm gonna be chewing the entire. I want the podcast. entire. I want the entire world. <laughs> didn't you just put a video up the other day about some loud eater? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I didn't get to listen to it with sound because I was actually on oh. a, on set somewhere and I just like looked at it really quick and I was she like, was I want to watch this. A sandwich on ciabatta bread. Oh god. I don't understand how that happens. You're <laughs> <laughs> such a crazy lady. <laughs> Um, so yeah, what I was saying is that continuity is essentially the uh, task of trying to keep all the elements the same. Mm -hmm. So like if someone is uh, picking up a glass with their right hand and drinking with it, uh, in the next shot, you just have to remember that that person also picks it up with their right hand. Uh, because when you're cutting that sequence together, you're cutting from a wide shot to a close up. You want to make sure that it's seamless. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there is a position on, on movies that can afford it. Which is a continuity oh, person. Oh, I have I yet to work on I something wish. that had a continuity person and that would is like a dream come true. <laughs> I, I, t- tell me about it. Being an editor, you're just like, oh, fuck. God. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you're in that edit room going, simplest thing of like, like I said, someone using the glass the wrong way. Right. Or someone like t- or, or using the wrong hand or turning the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Once you start getting down to like hair being a little bit off, then I'm like, okay, well, you know. Yeah. This is this isn't the perfect world. Well, and that's the other thing too is sometimes things need to look natural. I think mm-hmm. sometimes people do go overboard. Yes. With perfecting things, which I'm not going to lie, that took me years to know how to let go yes. of things on set. And I think what allowed me to do that was realizing that some of the things I was letting go were the beautiful moments. Like especially with some of the print stuff I've done where you know, I'd always think, oh, get the hair out of the face. And there'll be a moment where a piece of hair will blow beautifully over their eye. And it's actually gorgeous when you mm-hmm. see it, yeah. where I would used to always try to fix that stuff. So it took me a long time to really embrace the imperfections. Mm-hmm. And then that stuff has turned into some of my favorite work. So 
-hmm. It's kind of a learning curve with that, but. That's filmmaking or photography in general. I think that what you're trying to do, at least what I try to do, is I try to get as many of those elements in place like you mm -hmm. uh, in, onto a set where mm -hmm. I know that we're all going to be working our asses off and we're all going to be looking out for that stuff. But within that chemistry or within that uh, equation that I've set up, in there is a lot of magic. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're looking for because we can only plan so much oh yeah when we start and then you just are relying on the fact that you have so many talented people around you to find that like accidental thing yes and that's also the good thing about somebody like you where you are watching your craft happen on set mm -hmm. so i don't have to worry about the hair because i know you're you're watching out for the yes, hair <laughs> totally i completely completely um so oh my god you, i'm so excited about the sandwich i know i'm getting there I'm i getting wish there. this was like um. They, uh, whatever. I wish people could see this. <laughs> like, whoa! What is it called? We're really talking about it right now. <laughs> pictures, pictures. The it's thing that hideous. I do makeup for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm such a terrible host because I'm also making sandwiches at the same time. <laughs> but okay. So what I was saying initially was that one of the cool things about your business is that uh, you guys really don't necessarily have dead time, right? Because you're working in all sorts of outlets. Yes. Yeah, so there, I mean, there's slower times and I'm very lucky because I have been doing it for this long that my slow times are still, thank you, yeah. oh um, are still steady enough. And that took me years to build my connections and my business mm -hmm. to be able to do it the way that I do. Mm -hmm. You know, when I first started, I was still bartending at night, which literally almost killed me because I would literally work 20 hour days. Oh. I would do shoots all day and then bartend till four in the morning, get just a couple hours of sleep and then jump on set again. And I don't know how I survived that, but Jesus. you know, I still had to subsidize a little bit of other income coming in while I was building the business. Oh yeah. No one makes money in the beginning. No, <laughs> no. you do so much stuff for free, yeah. but that's the way it works. And, um, it, you know, it took me years to be able to build it up to where I have a steady flow of people I work with now. Mm -hmm. But as you were saying, being versatile in the business, you know, it's, it's not just film. It's not just print. I also do a ton of weddings. Mm -hmm. I do corporate headshots. And you can I take do, personal clients if they pay well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I have a couple people, families actually, that I've you know seen their kids grow mm -hmm. up. I'm now doing their prom makeup, and which is so special to me. Like I really That's get to become wild. a part of people's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have brides where now I'm doing their hair and makeup for their um, baby shower, and it's. That's my favorite part of what I do is getting to interact with different people every day. Because you're very much a people person. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And it's funny. I actually had a photographer friend where, you know, it was one of those jobs where it was super quick, light powder, fix hair in five minutes on talent for yep. these shoots that we were doing. And he was like, you know, it's not even so much that I have you here to do the makeup. It's more because we were shooting real people. And as you know, real people in front of the camera at first Nervous. are not really? the best. Right. So he would literally have me there to spend that five, 10 minutes with mm -hmm. the, the people mm -hmm. to kind of butter them up a little and warm them up. And I've been told I do have that presence of just kind of like being the little silly goofball for a minute, making people feel really comfortable. So then by the time they get in front of the camera, they're way more relaxed mm -hmm. and it's way easier to kind of pull out of them what you need to as the photographer, director, mm -hmm. it's videographer. Very, it's very true. You know what? And I always treated your your tent, as we say, your camp as like one of those amazing little things that a normal person gets to do. Mm -hmm. Because it, it's like you basically get to go to like a mini salon mm -hmm. 
before you go on set. Yes. And you guys are you guys work really hard. You're usually there much earlier. Usually have like a pre-call or you have a certain amount of time to to do this set stuff up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to set up because you got to plan for it. Like generally, if you're doing like a like an average sort of setting on a on a woman, on a, like if it's hair and makeup, what is that like an hour and a half? Um, um, I typically do it in an. It depends how involved yeah, it is, but it like is. a basic, yeah, like a basic hair and makeup. I mean, I can do between forty five minutes and an hour. Okay. Um, if it's something that's more involved, then obviously we need to extend the time for that. You know, if we're doing some very like crazy some, right. hair or hair is usually what takes the longest if people have a ton of hair or. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's also to, like dependent upon the nationality, what the hair does. Yep. So it, you kind of have to factor all of that in, which is funny because I don't always get, ooh, this sandwich looks amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm not always given that. Actually, a lot of the time, I'm not given the time needed. Mm-hmm. The extra time. Um, so <laughs> the reason I think I am the fastest makeup artist around, not the fastest, I'm sure there's others, but the reason I am so fast is one of my first jobs when I was getting started that kind of helped me go straight freelance was I worked at a strip club doing makeup on strippers. <laughs> I forgot about as it. As you <laughs> probably now remember. Yes. <laughs> and I would have to do full-on glitter lashes smoky eye face in 15, 20 minutes, which is like, that's fast. So I worked at the club for years, you know, three nights a week. I was there slapping glitter on these ladies. And (laughs) they slapped their ass. (laughs) Exactly. And it was awesome. I mean, I was 22. I was, it was great, you know? And that really actually helped me be able to jump into the freelance world um, this was before I even did the bartending gig for a year and a half, but, um, right, right. that I think is what helped me become such a fast makeup artist is because I was doing full on crazy makeup looks in like, you know, next to nothing time. <laughs> so I'll always have that to thank. For, That's uh, funny. So you were, you were doing shit like downtown, right? Like down, oh, yeah. like, like centerfold yeah. and all that kind yep, of stuff. Exactly. I used to have a studio when I first started, I had a studio right across the street on Washington street. That's over where I think it's like faux pasteurs right there. You oh, know yeah. that place? Up on top, there's an old gallery. There's like a artist gallery. And I had a studio up there, a little edit room with like Dave Schwartz and yeah. a couple other people. Uh, I didn't know that. That's and funny. Uh, we used to have to go there at night because downtown Boston, there's no fucking parking. No. And so like, and especially in Chinatown, because the locals, you like the sandwich? Oh my God, it's so good. Okay, Sorry, good. I'm going to have like Do full it. mouth talking the whole time now. <laughs> But down in, in Boston and Chinatown at the time, uh, the locals knew what time the meters opened up. Oh. So, like, there was a very specific time of day that you can go down there in war for a parking spot. Like, you would literally go down there and they'd be double parked, triple parked. Oh, And you try to get it. So, we would always go to work around 4, 35 o'clock because we knew in that's the where the meet. No, at night. Oh, got it. So, and we'd work overnights. Mm-hmm. So, we'd get down there and, like, Find parking spots, fight for parking spots, and I'd always see the girls Going coming because they, there was the there was the little parking lot that was right there. Yeah. And being a dumb kid, I was a young kid, you know. Being a dumb kid, I'm like, why the fuck are they bringing suitcases in? Oh, they have all like, their crazy really clothes and stuff, and shit, you know. And it just didn't occur to me. And it wasn't until we started doing shoots and film sets, and like I'd see you come in with your suitcase. Well, actually, you probably saw me with my yeah, case probably. walking by. Then, like, who's that dumb girl going in with the suitcase? <laughs> The makeup artist, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, but you just don't realize it. It's such a, I'm always, I'm fascinated by it. I think that I'm always, I, I'm incredibly fascinated by all the technical jobs that are on a set mm-hmm. because it's, 
it's the closest thing to compare it to if you don't work in the business is building a house. Mm. You know, it's it's like that. You have like all these, oh, yeah. these different trades. You have a general contractor. You have someone that's in charge. You have someone that's financing the house, an owner of the house. And then you have like the plumbers. You have like the bricklayers, the floor dudes. The carpenters, the they, painters. Exactly. Yeah. And they that's come. A really, I like that. That makes perfect sense. So it's cool. And then, but it's so much more strangely <clears throat> glamorous and romanticized as far as like our business is concerned. Mm-hmm. So you 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 do get like those dirty rough dudes, like the grips and stuff that come in. Yeah. That look filthy and they haven't changed oh, their clothes. I love it though. Yeah, it's hysterical. That's like the charm of being in the biz is all the different kinds of people. <laughs> but then you like you show up and you're usually dressed in something really cute. You know, these <laughs> walking in with like some weird fucking shoes on. Yes, and, always. Like, like the that. moon boots I came in today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always get a kick out of seeing that. You know, mm. the, the contrast on the sets are yeah. hysterical. <laughs> They're hysterical. But that's what makes it fun Yeah, is the different dynamic. And totally kind of side note with this now is a lot of people, when I tell them I'm a makeup artist, they instantly go, oh, you must work on the movies in town. Mm-hmm. I do not work on a ton of movies. I am very selective on movies that I work in because I've unfortunately had some negative experiences on some big films where it's a lot of people coming from out of town working on them and... It's mm-hmm. just not the atmosphere I appreciate working in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this isn't every set. Um, but is, that, is it like that union vibe? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I guess it could be that. But, um, you know, people are always like trying to um, prove their position. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I must be heard because I'm this person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I will respect that, but you can do it nicely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and you guys know me. Like, I'm a very friendly, bubbly person. And I... Mm-hmm. Um, I treat people that way and I would like to be treated the same. And I've had some negative experiences on some sets. Um, and it's just because the crew, I feel like they're not meshing as one. And yeah. I always say, when you do your feature, I'm not even going to say if, cause it's going to happen. <laughs> that is something that I am 100% on board for because I love working with you guys mm-hmm. and the dynamic on set with, I don't care what your role is, crafty gaffer like whatever you're doing Mm -hmm. you have to be able to get along with everyone like one of the first things i do if i see someone is introduce myself or on some sets when i've tried to do that they literally look at me like i'm a moron because i'm the makeup artist saying hello to them and i'm like oh come on get over your fucking yeah i'm like i don't care that you're out on another coast and work over there just because you're on this coast doesn't mean we're doing anything less or different than you and Mm -hmm. it's very unfortunate that i had to witness that and i even brought A very close friend of mine, Julie, Mm -hmm. who you guys know and have used, and she's fantastic. And I've kind of helped bring her up in the industry, and she's doing her own thing. She's amazing. And I brought her on a just day plate on a feature film, and she's always wanted to do it. And I was like, okay, they need another person for this. Why don't you come along? And, you know, she's always telling me how much she wants to work on them. I'm like, well, wait until you actually work on one until you fully decide that. (laughs) And she worked on it with me and she saw what I was talking about where people were just so rude to us because we were just there a day playing for that day and you know didn't think we knew our ass from our elbow and I'm like I've been doing this for almost 20 fucking years yeah and I don't care if I've been doing it for two someone has something different to offer to everyone yeah and I felt kind of bad because I was trying to keep making it like a great experience for her. But even at the end of it, she was even like, uh, this is miserable. Yeah. What the hell? I didn't know it was going to be like this. And I was like, it's not always like this. It depends on the crew. 
you could be filming anything. It mm-hmm. depends on the crew. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, keep trying to get on stuff. You have to still do them. And she's been doing more stuff and, and sees that it is the difference between it. But it's just sad that it has to be like that. Like we are so fortunate to all be in an industry that is freaking amazing. Yeah. We go to work and play every day. Yeah, yeah. So I don't understand why it has to be that attitude with it sometimes. Like just be happy. I think I'm sorry, I don't mean to go on like a negative thing no, about it's t- it. But. This is this is what the show's about. It's real shit. So I think from my experience and my limited experience, because being a director uh, for indie stuff, I don't often just go do crew positions. Right. You know, like I, for a while I was a shooter. Sometimes I'll work on like uh, friend shoots or Gina shoots and I'll go and be a lighting tech. Mm-hmm. But I don't often end up on big shoots like that in crew positions because I haven't done that. I haven't got into the industry to be a, a gaffer or grip or, right. or any of that kind of stuff. Excuse me as I burp as I eat this amazing sandwich. <laughs> oh, Gina's got one in the background. Um, so uh, my point is that when you do so, and a few times that I have, I've like talked to like Mike Henry or like Tybersky when they're on a shoot, and I'm like, let me come by for the day. Yeah. You know, and hang out. And I see those dynamics when I'm not on the crew. And it's an interesting thing to watch when you're not introduced as a director or someone that is above the line and you're just sort of mingling with the team and the crew. And you start to see those dynamics. You start to see the salty, old school people that have been just run through the system for so long in these crew positions. And I get it. The hours suck. Yes. They really do. <laughs> like if you're if you're in any sort of basic crew position, the hours fucking blow. Like you're usually doing like 13, 14, oh, yeah. 15 hours. And granted, you get good pay and you get overtime and you get meal penalties and you get all that stuff. Right. But still, you're fucking like sometimes six six day weeks. Yeah, I say you're married to it. Like whatever you're working on in that, you are married to it. And if you're if you're in a system where you're doing a, a, a movie that has like a hundred and change on the crew, like the director, you can open those up. Go ahead. The director, you don't know the director. You don't know where he's from. He doesn't give a shit either. Right. So then at that point, you're like, well, what the fuck? It's a paycheck. And I'm here for a paycheck. Right. And I think I've experienced that. And it sounds like that's kind of what you were experiencing, where it's like, I have my fucking title the director doesn't know who I am, but I have my title and this is my department mm-hmm. and you don't talk to me unless you talk to the person that's this and this and this and this. And that's kind of what the union shit has become. Right. Well, usually those people are, they're not making art, they're working. Yeah. In, in their oh, mind. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm. Take a minute and eat. <laughs> this oh. sandwich is amazing. I finished my sandwiches. Oh God, you, you yeah, Due girl. to my silence on this podcast, <laughs> I have been You're eating. You still hungry? You want some snacks? Yeah, I'm hungry. Shit. So, snacks. The sandwich was... Tuscan ham, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, Sopracetta, a little bit of turkey, all all like house turkey ship. Um, I got this mustard. What is this? Oh, that's that's our what heat. I'm tasting. That's like mm, Carma- garlicky and yummy. Caramelized mm. onion mustard. Mm-hmm. And then I made some homemade uh, guacamole. Guac. A little bit of hummus on there. Some Thai basil. Mmm. What the fuck else did I put on there? Some cheddar cheese. It's bomb. It's good, right? Oh, Mike, you know, if the film thing doesn't work out, you can always open a sandwich shop. (laughs) (laughs) Make these sandwiches full time. That's Uh, not going to happen, but you know, you have a fallback plan now. I thought you were going to say you could just eat and fucking kill yourself with food, which is probably what's going to happen. We're all going to go. You want some honey? Yeah. I have honeycomb. You ever have honeycomb? I have, and I've actually bought that same exact brand before. I love it. Oh, it's so good. Here you go, Jim. Did we have that? 
We, we already owned it? Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. Here's a little scooper. Oh, so good. Yeah, you could do some of this. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, so bear with the sound in the background. We have forced hot air heat here. It's just too cold to shut it off today. It was mm. snowing last night. Thank God I'm going to Florida next week. Oh, is that, oh. Is that where you're headed? For mm-hmm. pleasure or for work? No, work job. I am one of the lucky that gets a couple times a year I get flown places for work, so... Is that you? You do like weird golf shit. Like, yeah. Is that yeah? What it is? I get to be on a golf course all week, which is so much fun. <laughs> I know nothing about golf, and now I'm like, golf seems super fun. <laughs> and I've actually, you know, hit a couple balls now since I've been doing this job for the past like three years now. You know, because I make a joke with um, uh, Pat Piasecki is the photographer for it. He's a great friend, and if you don't know him, I highly recommend you meet him. He's amazing. Oh, cool! I don't know. Oh my god, super rad guy. Um, and we always joke around that we want to do like punk rock golf and just be like the crazy kids on the golf course that really don't belong there and just have a blast. So yeah, it's a super awesome job and I just get to be on the golf course, making the models look super rad and, Mm -hmm. you know, put together for their golf shoes and stuff. And it's awesome. (laughs) I cannot complain one bit. I'm very lucky to have it. You're so, your, 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 your life must be so fucking strange. It is. Where you For go many from other like, reasons too, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you go from like working on one of my movies, which is like, how do we have a demon fucking scrape across this beautiful girl's face? Right. You know, and doing prosthetics from that to like jumping on an airplane and like dusting someone for an interview mm-hmm. to like doing like some fucking prom makeup. Oh, yeah. You know? And then jumping on a golf course. It must be so weird. It is. I mean, I think that's what does set me apart from a lot of other artists is because I literally do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's still more for me to learn. I shouldn't say everything, and I'm always looking to learn more. Mm -hmm. But um, I definitely, I think my ADHD helps with that because my brain (laughs) is always going in 50 different directions. That's why I fit so well in this career. It's the only thing that actually is organized Mm -hmm. in my life because I hyper-focus on it because I love it, which Mm -hmm. is part of one of the symptoms. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think because my brain is allowed or always is in a million different directions, I can, like, change gears quickly for that kind of stuff. Yep. And honestly, if it wasn't like that, I wouldn't do this job. I would be freaking miserable. I can't do the same thing over and over. I can't be in the same place all the time. I'm the same way. And... Thank God this job literally forces me to be all over the place. I mean, there's been days where I've literally, like, I'll have a job in Connecticut, and the next day I'm way up in New Hampshire, you know? It's, right, right. It's, you're just literally all over. And, and like you said, it'll be like making some crazy scar on someone's face, and then the next day it's literally like the CEO of some huge financial company downtown. <laughs> and then they see me walk in, too. I, like, I have my business Brie attire for those because, you know, I'm covered in tattoos and piercings. And I try to look all professional and... And uh, luckily, these days, it's not as big of a shock. But when I started, that was a bit of a problem. I literally had an agency in town be like, so would you be okay with not having crazy colored hair? And I was like, no. They're like, well, we can't send you on certain jobs. And I go, then those aren't the jobs for me because I'm not going to change who I am to be a certain person for a job. But thank God now in 2019, it's a little bit uh, more accepted. (laughs) I mean, but you're a fucking makeup artist. So like if you show up and your hair is all crazy and all that stuff, it's just like, it's like yelling at, 
It's like yelling at a carpenter because his fucking hands are all smashed. Right. Up. I was blown away when they told me that. You and I was I mean? like, uh, no, not for me. Thank you very much. So okay. stupid. So stupid. But yeah. Um, so uh, how you doing over there, Gina? Oh, my God. This is is so this good. reviving you from your hangover? I'm just here for the food. You coming out? <laughs> you coming out of this stuff? Oh, no. It's going to be at least another 24 hours before I'm... Uh... Oh, man. That's the worst with getting old. The hangovers. hangover voice. <laughs> It's that time again. Time to take a break and uh, thank and give some props to the professionals, to the sponsors that uh, keep this show going. Uh, Long-term fans of the show, long-term supporters of my work, and I am more than happy to plug them. So first up, my good buddies over at Puget Systems. If you are a uh, photographer, if you're a filmmaker, um, if you're in music, or if you're just looking to build a new computer, um, the times have changed. It isn't all about buying a super expensive Apple computer anymore. They aren't the best on the market, and we're not beholden to what they say anymore. Uh, because if you're like me and you're a filmmaker and you're cutting, uh, I'm using Adobe products. I'm using the Creative Suite and the Creative Suite works both on PC and on Mac. And it actually runs better on my PC because I can actually customize the hardware specifically for the programs I use. A lot of people don't realize that the newest, greatest piece of hardware on the market actually doesn't make your software run the best. Uh, each of these programs that you use require different things. Um, and some of them require more graphics from the graphics card. Some of them require more processing. Um, and so I really wanted to build my computers to be specific to how I need them. Because like I say, they're tools. And they're tools that I like to beat the hell out of to make really good art with. Um, and so uh, in the past, I have had experience building PCs but I also know what a pain in the ass it is to beta test things, to try out different pieces of equipment, try out pieces of gear. I just was like, I, I need help. I need tech support. Uh, and that's how I found the Desert Puget Systems. Uh, they have a really great thing on their website where you can go over and put in the software that you use and they'll suggest a base package that will be fully customized for your needs. Super rad, right? It isn't like going to the competitor's website where there's usually two or three options and it seems like you're just dumping cash into something for not a lot more horsepower. With PCs, you can make it faster and everything's cheaper because you're not paying for that unboxing experience. You're not paying for that ridiculous marketing campaign. You're literally just paying for the gear, which is super awesome. Um, And these guys at Puget Systems really love creatives they love artists 
um, and they care about what it is that you're making. And if you talk to them directly uh, and tell them what it is that you need, they do beta tests on all the newest pieces of equipment. They do beta tests on all the new hardware. Um, and so they've done all that testing for you. And even if you just want to build your own system, they release all those specs on their website. So they're about bringing PZs back. They're about supporting the arts. Um, so head on over to PugetSystems.com uh, and check them out. Build yourself a beefy new system. And one of the best parts about it, I mean, you're saving thousands here, guys. I mean, all my movies that I cut, all this stuff, I do on a Puget Systems PC. Seriously. 4K editing, all of it. My new stuff that just came out came right off the Puget Systems stuff. Really cool stuff. And in the past, the only thing that was still tying me to Mac was that uh, a lot of my clients needed the ProRes format uh, for all my video files. But now ProRes is open. Uh, comes with Premiere. It runs on both systems. So there is literally nothing keeping me on the Mac. Um, so I suggest you try it out. It's going to be mind-blowing. It's going to release you. It's going to release your wallet a little bit. Uh, and that money you save, you'll be able to like drop on some cool piece of hardware. Like I've got an amazing, and I don't get sponsored from these guys, but I've got a Wacom Cintiq, which I've been using the storyboard. Um, and with the money I saved on my system, I was able to get one of those. So go to PugetSystems.com, check it out. Also up, uh, my buddies at Rule, Rule Boston Camera. I learned a long time ago that it's impossible to keep up with the trends. Like it's impossible as a cinematographer and even a photographer to have the newest, greatest camera on the market. And unfortunately, a lot of our clients are sort of captivated by the manufacturers. They read the trade magazines, they hear about these new pieces of equipment that promise to make amazing movies and all this shit. Uh, and so they demand it. And the th there's nothing worse than actually going out and blowing thousands and thousands of dollars on a piece of equipment that you can't even put on your job because the client wants the newest, latest, and greatest thing. Uh, so the lesson I learned at that point was rent. I rent most of my big stuff. I own some shit that never really changes, like C-stands, great fucking purchase. Um, but when it comes to cameras and it comes to that technology that is so fickle and those ever-changing codecs and those ever-changing camera bodies, I just don't even bother keeping up with it. And I suggest you think about it, man. Go make a good relationship. Go form a really great relationship with your local rental house. Uh, and if you're on the East Coast, I highly suggest Rule Boston Camera. They're the best. Anywhere above New York, they're the best for it. Um, and, and a great rental house like this, not only do they have good gear, they have top-of-the-line gear. So it's you watch that movie and you wonder what piece of equipment it is, you can rent that piece of equipment. You can get your hands on it. And these guys train. They actually have training seminars. They bring in young filmmakers. They love to support young independent filmmakers. Uh, you can go in there and get your hands on the equipment, learn how to use the gear, um, and stay current with everything, which is super rad. Um, and on top of all that, there's something really great about knowing that if you're on a job and you're local, um, and the gear goes down, they'll bring out a replacement and they'll help you fix it. So right then and there, uh, how many times have we used equipment? No matter how good that gear is, it always seems to fail. There always has to be some sort of issue 
Um, and just knowing that that protection is behind you when you're on set is so fucking huge. And that's the difference between uh, dealing with a local rental house as opposed to doing the online rental places. And they have their place. They totally do. But if you order stuff from online, you're, you're screwed. Because you can't, like if it goes down and you have a problem, you're not going to be able to get a replacement for that day. It'll screw up your whole day. And it starts to cost you money. Um, so, I don't know. I have nothing but great things to say about uh, local rental houses. It's one of my favorite places to go hang out in my downtime, learn about new gear, talk to other professionals, sit in the shop, hang out with friends. Um, and uh, if you are local, I highly suggest you go hang out with the dudes at Rule Boston Camera. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, the two plugs for the show. And I don't want to keep you too much longer here. I would just say I continuously love your support on Instagram. Um, so please continue to follow us at In Love With The Process Pod. That's In Love With The Process P-O-D on Instagram. Um, and you can also go to the inloveoftheprocess.com page. On that page, you'll find links to every one of these episodes. But I also have video links up there. There's stuff uh, like uh, sort of tutorials on how I do different things. Um, you'll also find links for how to support the show. There's a donation button up there, $5 donation. Um, or you can do the Audible trial with us. You can sign up for um, Audible uh, using uh, audibletrial.com backslash in love with the process. I always get the URL wrong. I'll make sure I post it below this fucking video or this uh, podcast. Uh, but if you haven't done so already and you sign up for a free trial at Audible, through us uh, you'll get a, a 30 day free trial you'll get a free book to try it out with um, Audible's really great for that stuff if you're like me you really don't have enough time to sit down and read books I listen to podcasts I listen to books on tape well they're not really books on tape uh, they, they don't call it anymore well I'm a fucking idiot <laughs> what a good read today uh, if you listen to if you listen to the recorded books that they have on Audible. It's really cool. It's a good way to pass the time. If you're sitting in traffic, if you live in LA and you're stuck in traffic, it's a good way to pass the time. Um, and if you sign up for the 30-day free trial through our link that I'll put below, um, we get paid. And after the 30 days are up, you'll probably want to stick around because the content's so great. But if you don't and you cancel it, we still get paid. I'm probably sure I'm not supposed to tell you that, but we still get paid. So it's a great way to support the show if you don't want to reach into your own wallet and you haven't already signed up for a free trial at Audible. So if you do it, do it through our link below. Get us some loot. Keep the show alive. Okay. Enough rambling. I barely made my way through that read. Let's get back into it. Uh, listening to uh, me, Gina, and Bree uh, chew into a microphone annoyingly. Okay. So when you're doing stuff, Gina, and you're putting together your concepts for your shoots, uh-huh. how much do you think of makeup? It depends on who I'm working with. Mm. If it's Brie, I'll send her some stuff, but I know she might not even look at it because she's like, I have my own ideas. <laughs> like, perfect. I if always look at stuff, it. Yes, yes, I do always look at it. <laughs> yes, you do, you do. <laughs> but uh, there's some people like Brie where I know I'll just show her my mood and she'll be like, I got this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then other people need more reference but well I'm gonna go back to being that dumb boy mm-hmm. it doesn't really have like my only connection to makeup is this business I would not know shit about it mm-hmm. 
It's weird that know. you're calling yourself a boy, though. Yeah, I'm a little boy. <laughs> I'm a little boy. I'm a little boy. <laughs> Michael. <laughs> I'm a little guy. Um, so going back to being a dumb dude, um, makeup isn't just about making someone look pretty. Makeup is actually used to like show cheekbone, show contour, mm-hmm. to help with lighting, mm-hmm. to help shape someone's face. Like it's amazing when you see the difference between uh, someone that's made up and someone that isn't. And even now with the whole fucking uh, Instagram uh, makeup shit that helps. Have you seen the videos of, are they uh, Chinese girls or Filipino girls that do all of that crazy facial reconstruction? Oh, when makeup? they start shaving their nose off because it was all like, have you seen this? Oh, because they want to look like an Instagram filter? Yeah. I just heard about that, and I am so disgusted in humanity, I literally don't even know how to respond. It's crazy. That is so fucked up. It's crazy. Okay. They actually build a bridge, and they build a nose. And you look at them when they're finished, and they basically all look the same. They find some person that they look up to, whether it's a Kardashian or whoever it is. You're talking about actual plastic surgery? No. Oh, like prosthetics like I do? Yeah. Oh, do okay. Like- that's different. I thought you, there's a whole thing where people are literally getting plastic surgery to permanently make them look like Instagram oh, filters. Wow. Okay, so you didn't hear. That is a whole other topic and oh, disgusting. God. Okay, so you're talking about like stuff when I do prosthetic stuff where they build... Yeah, but, a different yeah, but structure. Just do it every day. Before every they leave day. The house. Every day. That's so sad. Yeah. That's a shitload of work too. Yeah. But also, who are you fooling? Because you're trying to attract someone's attention, and then once you have that attention, eventually they're going to see what you actually look like. Right. So what's false the- advertising. <laughs> I always get a kick out of like, especially with. Uh, I, I used to talk to China about this and like weaves and like yeah. how black ladies get weaves and they get fake hair. Yeah. And it's like you, you finally get with that guy. You're in the space, and you guys are going to like sleep together or do whatever. And it's like don't touch my fucking hair it's just like as you like can you imagine running your hands through someone's hair that's a weave and it's just this like fake false thing it's that's like, so much more common but yeah i mean and it's like <laughs> just because it's become common but yeah. it's still a fucking crazy lie someone's adding something to enhance but i mean i just realized that like 90 percent of women have hair extensions oh my god i've I was like what? everyone has yeah. so much hair oh <laughs> There's so many people that have like that you wouldn't realize have them that mm-hmm. are always they're just little clip-in ones or like hair extensions has been going on forever. It's but crazy. that's something that's not like they're quick and easy to put in if they're just the clip-in ones. I mean, there's some that take more time and they hurt. that I look as more of an artistic part of it because with the hair, when you're adding hair and color and all of that, like that's an expression okay. of like an artistic ex- expression to me. But changing the complete shape of your face to look, I that's mean, nuts. that's a little too much for that's me. Nuts. I mean, we people do that with contouring, just with makeup and stuff, but they're putting full prosthetic pieces on. Yeah. I mean, all I can think of is like wearing dentures. It's like you're putting something like dentures on your nose yeah. to make it look different all the time. I wish we had the clip. There was that one clip with oh the girl who just like, she starts to take off the makeup and you're like watching it going, okay, I get it. I know the way the makeup works. And right. She's going to look like a regular person by the time she gets through with it. And then she just took like a, like a like well, a scraper, like a, and she just scraped her nose yeah. off. Oh. And I was like, "Holy shit!" And she does that every day. Holy shit! That's a little excessive for me That's for nuts. every day. Well, and it's just sad that people are so programmed to think that they have to look a certain way. Well, I mean, and. I don't want to, it's a whole can of worms, but it's like, is our business to blame for that? Absolutely. Yeah. We put people in front of the camera all the time. We do techniques to make them look their 
best and then some. Um, we're absolutely partly responsible for that. Our whole job but is glorifying reality. So ex- yeah, that's perfect. We glorify reality. But on the flip side of that, you know, because I work with real people on special days in their life or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm taking what they have naturally and just enhancing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not changing it. I'm just enhancing it and making them see it in a different way that makes them feel more comfortable. Fascinating. So how does that work? So if you look at somebody, yeah. like what are you looking at first? Are there specific features that you're looking for? Or? <clears throat> um, features, skin, um, just making an even skin tone and making it look as polished and just enhancing the eyes even with mascara. Hmm. There's little things that you can do that just make people look healthier. Hmm. It's not even making them look more beautiful necessarily, but if someone has like ruddy red skin and dry patches, like they look unhealthy, you know, they're not looking at their, their optimal moment. Yeah, so, like, like Gina this morning. <laughs> a good hangover face is always good to fix. You look I gorgeous thinking, I still. Like, I think my tone's pretty even. And then you go and you... you Gina, you do have fantastic skin and I'm not just saying Thank that. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but even doing something as small as that for someone, you can make them look so much better. And it's not necessarily like completely changing something about them. It's just making them look brighter and healthier. And you can achieve that with three products, you know, foundation, little bronzer or um, blush and some mascara on a woman. And you're looking at a whole nother person. It's crazy. It's not, I mean, and and accentuating features is a big thing. Like usually, Mm -hmm. excuse me as I burp. Good one. Oh, there it is. Oh, goodness. Uh, usually when I take photographs of people, I like faces. Portraiture is my thing. Right. It's always been my thing. And when I look at somebody, I'm always looking for those features that... And I know you do the same thing, Gina. We're always looking for those features that are something interesting, mm-hmm. that say something, that tell a story. For me, I always like lines. and Like the antithesis of what mm-hmm. most most ladies like to be photographed pores. in. I like pores. I like lines. I like that stuff. For me, you that's like... like it a, to be real. It's a roadmap of, of experience. Yeah. And I enjoy that. But it, there's something really fascinating about seeing someone and going, her eyes are wild, and seeing them clean. And this is this goes back to being on set first thing in the morning. So you come on set first thing in the morning, everybody rolls in, you roll in with your little bag and your weird moon boots that you're wearing that day. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, you know, the actors come in, and they're usually like hat, glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like rugged, because we've been working like a night before, and you just see them, and they take everything off. You're like, whoa, you know? <laughs> Why did I cast you? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> because they're, they're, they're not, they they know they're going to get in makeup, so they don't even take care oh, of yeah. that shit. They're just like roll out of bed like anybody else. Like I do, I look like shit all the time. So <laughs> rolls out of bed, comes in, and you can look at that person and go like, there's something about those eyes. And then I can walk out of there, and you'll just do some shit where I cannot look at their eyes mm-hmm. after it's done, or like. Um, like when we're watching the Kardashians, we watch that show. Like how you're gonna, much you're gonna out that show. On, uh, the podcast? <laughs> yeah. How much, how much like sculpting is done? So much. I mean, we're not even getting into the yeah. plastic surgery, but just like. Oh no, that's makeup a lot with them. I mean, it's both, but yeah. I, sometimes, and, and in the Kylie, weird, it's not just makeup. <laughs> <laughs> but in some light, like for some light situations is perfect, but then they'll take that light, that makeup that they were doing for like one of those blown out shots and they'll walk into another situation it looks like someone hit him in the face with a fucking two by four yes because it's so heavy it's crazy it's crazy and so how do you keep all that stuff in mind how are you keeping track of 
what works for what? Is it just experience and you're playing on that? It's or? definitely experience. And it's something that's, it's so hard to teach someone that. I mean, I joked around. I mean, there's these glorious makeup lights that are so easy to purchase now and travel with. Oh yeah? Those were not around when I started. I mean, I've literally been in dungeon-like atmospheres doing makeup with like a flashlight. And you just have to make it work. And it's trial and error. It's doing what you think is going to work and seeing it in front of the camera and being like, ooh, can you give me a minute to tweak that? And sometimes you have to do that. And right. you know, even when Gina and I have worked on some fun projects where there's some weird product that I want to like illuminate or have some glowing property, I have to put it on my hand yeah, and we, we do lighting tests and like mm-hmm. see how it reacts. So you have to understand the product that you're using and how that reacts to light because different products will react completely differently from the naked eye to when lights are put yep. on them. And learning how to work with the available light that you have and how to make it then translate onto the camera. It's weird even talking about it. I'm confusing myself, but it's just like this weird process that I go through in my head where, okay, I know it's going to be really darkly lit. So I need to go a little bit heavier with the makeup, but I'm a firm believer that less is more with a lot of that, especially with the HD cameras. Oh yeah. Um, I mean like airbrushing came out for the HD cameras when they first started. And even back then I was like, no, it's too much. They look like mannequins. No, no, no. And finally people were like, oh, less is more. You, skin needs to look like skin, exactly. not a plastic mannequin face. And exactly. luckily I think I just always had that mentality and kind of did my own thing with it. But I think because I work with everyday people for everyday situations and on the camera side, I like makeup to look good as I'm looking at you in the kitchen right now and mm-hmm. then putting you under lights. I think it needs to look good for both. Which and means that you're just scaling down on what you're putting on at that point, right? Yes, usually. And blending is the most important thing because even if you are doing a heavier look where you want more contouring because you need it to be picked up more because of the light or distance that's happening – you can go heavier, but it has to be blended perfectly. Mm-hmm. You cannot see any lines where you shouldn't. And that, I think, is one of the things that takes the longest is just blend, blend, blend. And, and what is the process of blending? I don't know. Um, it basically, it's, you know, you apply a product and then I have basically a different brush that might be a fluffier one or depending on what you're doing. It's There's so many. And you just keep working that product into the skin and softening the lines. Makeup is 100% painting. That's why we're called makeup artists. Got it. You have to be an artist <laughs> to do makeup and you need to know how to layer color, blend color. Mm-hmm. You need to know how to do a fine line. A th- like if you can paint, then you can probably learn how to do makeup. And that, that's almost like doing detail painting because you're, because you're just like actually holding your hand over a surface of someone that's fucking moving. It's like tattoo art. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck do these guys get so detailed when that poor asshole underneath them is like shaking? You know what I mean? That's crazy, man. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just using skin as a canvas instead of, you know, paper or actual canvas. And um, that's actually something I hope to do as I'm getting older and try to carve out more personal time in my life is I want to take actual more art classes. I was never trained as an artist. I kind of always just had a little knack for being an artist and I've taught myself how to paint the little bit I do. And I did do one really fun, quick 24-hour boot camp oil painting class, which was the coolest thing ever for me. Because I'm like, <laughs> it just translated so much yeah, I was gonna say, to oil. what I do every day. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. And oil painting is the hardest painting to, yeah. to manipulate. And um, 
that's something me growing as an artist that I'm always like, I got to take some just basic figure drawing classes and, and more painting classes, but it definitely goes hand in hand. It's all about understanding. I mean, the color wheel, you have to understand basic color theory yeah. in order to do what we do properly. And that's huge with lighting too. You know, I, my favorite thing about both of your lighting techniques is you use these beautiful splashes of color mm-hmm. and you need to know as an artist, the colors you're putting on their skin, how they're going to react with the different colors you guys are putting on and layering it because, you know, two different colors make another color. So you have to understand that when you're piecing together the whole picture of a shoot. What is going on over here? I got to tend to. (laughs) (laughs) Do you got to go tinkle? (laughs) Is it, are you, is it, are you, are you going to the bank right now? Poor little thing was like squirming in her seat. You should just go, just go, man. It's, fine. it's just us and whoever else is listening. Yeah, and all these other people. Mm, I should just bring a microphone up there right now. <laughs> Why not? That's crazy stuff. Like, I don't think a lot of our listeners really think about that. And take your time, eat. Oh, and yeah. I'll talk Thanks. to them. Um, because, at, like, and that's why it's such an important job. I remember when I started, even if I was just doing like corporate stuff or commercial stuff, and we did a lot of the Bose stuff together. Mm-hmm. And, and working with musicians, period. Yeah. Especially uh, like female singers. Because mm-hmm. they're on the fucking road. And the road is hard. Like the road's really hard. And then you are layering this makeup on all the time. And then how often are you getting a shower? Like how often are you dealing with that stuff? And so I would... Uh, prep these jobs and we would just get stills from these people because I wouldn't see them in real life until they showed up that day. Yeah. You know, and so mm-hmm. they come in and I remember, what job was it? I don't know if it was one that you and I did. Maybe it was another one I had done with somebody else in New York. But this poor artist comes in and she had just like, I don't know if she like mowed on chocolate and fucking potato chips the oh, night before. No. And it was like, holy shit. And it I, the unfortunate part about being a girl on film is that you're expected to be beautiful. Yeah. And that's part of it. That's like the reason why you're there. That's like the reason why they're putting you a lot of the time. That's the reason why they're putting you in front of the lens because the production value is you. Mm-hmm. Is that beauty is the fact that people are going to stop what they're doing just to look at you to listen because they're attracted to who you are and what it is that you do. It's not necessarily fair. And there are certain guys, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you're fucking Ryan Gosling, it's the same shit. Totally. Same fucking shit. But... So she shows up and she's just rough. And I remember turning, I don't think it was you. I think it was dealing with someone else. Okay. I don't remember this either. So, and, uh, <clears throat> and I turned in the makeup artist. I'm like, what can we do? And she's like, <laughs> oh, wait, this was me. Was it you? Yes. Um, was it you? I don't, yeah. I forget who the artist it, it, was. No, we shouldn't be naming yeah, that anyways. But yes. Good. And I, and I was like, I can't deal with texture. <laughs> yes. I can make the color go away, but when there's that much texture, there's nothing I can do. Unless I start breaking out the prosthetic stuff and literally make like a new layer of skin. Yes. I remember this. Yeah. And I remember looking at it going like, oh my God, how do we handle this? And, uh. Uh, I think we worked together on it. And essentially what I ended up doing was shutting off certain lights. Yes, I was going to say, you you tweaked the lighting to soften it. So yes. it blurred her skin and yes. it fixed it. But it's like, and that's so frustrating for me because I want to be able to sure. fix everything because yeah. I'm like, oh, I love what I do. I should be able to do it. But, but it comes back to that collaboration thing yeah. where, you know, there are the limitations that I have. There's the limitations that you have. And mm-hmm. if we can work together and understand how makeup, 
because then I have a better understanding. I'm like, okay, so right. when we start to deal with that, then we can't really fucking do anything about that. Yeah, and that's, that's a learning curve thing too, I think, as you get more experience in this industry is that you know when to say, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You know, because you could spend time being like, oh, well, you know, let me do this trick and that trick, but it's like, you need to know where your limitations are. Yeah, I mean, and after that, I remember I talked to the clients and the clients, because I don't know if you heard the aftermath of that. No. So we we shot that piece, put that piece together, and then it has to get approved by the artist. So it gets sent to the artist. Uh-huh. And um, because of the way I had planned things, I had certain shots in mind. So I had like really beautiful close-ups, like really beautiful kind of stuff going. And um, I think she came back and she had issues. So she came back and she just had issues with how she looked in general in uh-huh. the shot. And I was like, oh, okay. So they had to scrap like a bunch of different close-ups. They had to scrap all this stuff because of that scenario, which wasn't your fault, wasn't my fault. Yeah. It was just the way it was. Um, and so I talked to them afterwards because as we continued on the shoot process, and they're like, how do we fix this in the future? Like, how do we, how do we prepare for this? And it's like, well, there's a certain level of preparation that I can do, kind of. But like, if you, if I start getting into like fucking softening filters, yeah. then it's like days of our life shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, like what is that Frankie and whatever show on Netflix? That you see how soft. Oh my God, I love all, that all, show. Gina loves the hell out of that show. But as far as like photography goes, it's like how many layers of fucking soft yes. diffusion and pro mist yeah. can you put on each of these cameras, guys? Uh, so I, I don't, I don't ever like that look. It right. Just, that's it, then compromising you as the artist. But also like the viewer's perspective. Because when right. you're looking at it, you're like, is this like a dream thing? Like what's happening? Because th- that look uh, comes with a certain connotation. So as you start to put those things on. And then th- there's another side of me that's like, okay, so maybe we can start to overexpose a little bit. And so you start to like try to push that exposure. But then you're pushing into that Noxzema ad territory. Right. Where it's just like... <laughs> Their fucking skin doesn't look that way. It's just yeah. blown out. That's yeah. like atomic lighting. <laughs> atomic lighting. <laughs> like the, that's basically the only thing that's going to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Like if she smiled, there'd be no gaps between her teeth. Yeah. That's like how overexposed yeah. the lighting is. Um, so I think I think what we came to was that we just started to use more haze. Yeah. That is what we ended up doing. Yes. Yep. So we started to use a hazer because a hazer will come in and actually soften all the light and start to wrap the light like logistically in the air, like round people. Um, and it started to really sort of disguise it. And then what I could do is I could start shutting off more light. Right. So I didn't have to do that overlit frontal baloney yeah. that happens right there. So it's a, it's it's weird. It's like a fascinating thing when you're trying to handle a cosmetic emergency. Yeah. And, and it's it relates to so much of what we do. Like there's always some emergency, something, mm-hmm. no matter what department where it's like, this just isn't working. How do we MacGyver the crap out of this <laughs> yes. to fix it? And yeah. it was me, you know, doing everything I could with the makeup and then yep. you figuring out other ways to soften it, but still keeping it in an aesthetic that worked. Works. And then shoot. Yeah. magic happens. Right. So, I mean, I think we only lost like one or two close-ups where it really wasn't working out, but generally it's still, it was like... The piece got used. Yeah. So you're like, okay, great. So it, it worked out, but fuck me. That's one of those things where... Texture is a bitch. God damn. There's you know? only so much you can do. It, totally. <laughs> totally. And, you know, if you're a younger photographer or you're, you're a younger filmmaker out there, spend some time with your makeup artists. Yeah. Seriously. Spend some time with them. And I've been mostly talking about makeup because that's primarily what your positioning is, right? You do hair kind of sort of? totally fully both now. So in oh. my transition in my younger years, I started as more of a makeup artist, but I was always doing hair on set. 
just because mm-hmm. I always did hair as a ballerina. Like I just understood basics of hair. And actually the first feature I worked on down in North Carolina, they had an emergency in the hair department. I was working in the makeup department and they're like, we need an extra person. Do you know how to do hair? And I was like, um, like, yeah. And there's this very specific curling iron called a Marcel iron mm-hmm. where basically only professionals are taught how to use it. It's this swivel thing you use one hand and they're like do you know how to use a marcel i'm like no can you show me quick and i learned how to use it in like five minutes (laughs) and it was just this crazy curly hair actually like mine will look later because sitting here with it all crazy right now um and i ended up helping on the hair department by default for the rest of the shoot i worked in both departments and the i wish i remembered his name but the wonderful um key hairstylist. So this was an experience where it was a great crew and it actually helped me a lot. Um, by the end of it at the last rap party, he was like, you need to just go to hair school, get your license and just do this the right way. Wow. And he was like, I know you're probably never going to work in a salon. That's not your path. You're already working freelance, but go and do this the right way. And my family wanted me to move back to Boston anyways. And when I had mentioned like, oh, I'm thinking of trying to do hair school, they're like, we'll pay for half if you move home. So they bribed me (laughs) by paying for half of hair school to move home. And that was what got me back in Boston. And my career really taking off here was because I came home to be with my family and go to hair school and continued. I was working at Mac Cosmetics and Downtown Crossing and going to hair school all day and Mm -hmm. doing shoots when I could and working at the strip club at night, like I was a crazy lady, (laughs) but, um, that was how that happened. So I do fully do all hair. I mean, I don't sit and cut and color all the time, but I know how to, and I do it every once in a while. But, um, yeah, so I fully do both. I mean, I will always say I was definitely a little more of a makeup artist because that was where my first passion started with it. And then the hair just totally grew into its own thing with it. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Thank God for that wonderful man that I worked with on that job too, because he was like, "Don't His be an name idiot." Don't remember. I know. It was, I was <laughs> most so influential person in my life. <laughs> I mean, I could probably look in the credits from the movie and I would see his name, but uh, this is a long time ago. That's all good. It's all good. That's one thing that we're good at on the show is being bad at names. Bad oh at my gosh. Oh my god! How many times do you run into someone on your on set and you're like, "I've worked with you before," but I can't remember what the hell yeah. it was. That's like the game. Whatever. I'm like, "Hey, what's up, bud?" Like, yeah. That's usually. Oh, yeah. That's usually. <laughs> like, shit, I, know, I know you. Has no idea who you are <laughs> so if you encounter me in real life and i go what's going on bud <laughs> just say your name just say your name and then we're good we're, we're right back on track again oh, you pass the salami uh oh, yes i need to refill you need some more salams uh-huh. that was the best line ever <laughs> you pass the salami um so okay you take your time mm-hmm. i'm gonna give brie a moment here to have some of the sandwich because she has been on the spot <laughs> chatty kathy here can't get me to shut up um, I like your little feet dangling off because they don't reach the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gina, is there any question that you would want to ask Bree? Is there anything that you are curious about with her business? Let me think about it. Yeah, think about As it. As I eat my salami. <laughs> In the meantime, I would ask, mm, sorry, salami. Right now I have. Did you just put chocolate in salami? Because mm-hmm. that sounds like a really good idea. I have sweet and salty. Yes. And help yourself. This is a firecracker chocolate. What? Have one of these. Yes, please. Thank Just you. Just have one of those. Close to the microphone. Yeah. <gasps> is it like Pop Rocks in it or something? That's like, a, what do they call it? A- ASMR? ASMR stuff. <laughs> I can totally hear it. 
That's amazing. It's weird. It goes like right back behind your gums and it's just. <laughs> you feel it in your teeth, like in the back. Oh, my goodness. This part of the episode is going to drive me nuts. Luckily, <laughs> I won't listen to it, but. <laughs> Oh, oh, it's, it's time to take these headphones off. It's so disturbing. That was best. Mm. Oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh. We have eaten, at least I have eaten, at least three people's worth of food so far. You're hungover. That's what you're supposed to do. It's true. You're like a fat raccoon, and there's like five <laughs> trash barrels that are just going over. I don't like oh, my God. You should do that for Halloween next year. <laughs> to be a fat raccoon. <laughs> we will get like little trash um, barrels and hook them up to you. Uh, we got to no start way. planning for Halloween. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> if um, you listeners don't know, Mike and Gina have the bombest Halloween party every year. <laughs> you always come like, of course, you always come decked out too. Mm, the mm-hmm. pressure is on for me. Sometimes I get really stressed out for that, but oh, I love you, it. You feel like you got to show up? I have to. Right. <laughs> right. I get it. I get it. But it's literally my favorite party every year. Ooh, yeah. You got some good crunches over there. (laughs) Just chocolate coming out of my teeth and I'm grinning and looking at you. (laughs) You look like a fucking gremlin. (laughs) You know what? I don't need this. (laughs) What, am I a raccoon or a gremlin? (laughs) We could make that a hybrid. Exactly. (laughs) Half and half. My brain is already totally going with that. (laughs) So let me ask you this. When you... um, when you deal with people in real life and you see how people do their own makeup mm-hmm. and sort of go through all that, do you think that a lot of girls are, are educated on how makeup works? Or do you think that the, the no. world is very much controlled by the manufacturers and they're sort of peddling off shit that people use that they don't necessarily should be using or need yes. to use? Yes. Oh, my God. I am so thankful I'm not in retail with makeup anymore. I did do that in the beginning of my career because I needed to start somewhere and I was yeah. very lucky. It was in... Um, the golden days of working in retail mm-hmm. for makeup where it wasn't everything shoved in your face and Instagram and mm-hmm. four billion different lines. There was only a few artistry lines and I worked for artistry lines. Um, and I did really well with um, both of the companies I worked for and I th- was told that the reason I did was because I would only sell people what they needed. Mm. My bosses didn't like that very much because they're like, you know, four items per transaction and blah, blah, blah and oh. all this stuff. And I was like, I'm not going to sell a lady something if she's not going to use it. I'll show her. But if she's still like, mm, I don't get it. I don't like it. I'm not going to be like, oh, you have to have this. So I would husband's going to leave you. I know. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but um, I think I had more repeat clientele coming to see me at different stores because I was honest with them and I was catering towards their actual needs, not what the company was telling me each person needed X, Y, and Z items to do something. Um, so that was difficult for me. But luckily, I still did well, and it helped me a lot in other ways. Yep. Um, and it's ho- really, really hard with Instagram and social media these days. Oh, how come? I actually used to purposely not buy fashion magazines because what I was looking at was art that was already done. And yes, I know that you need to be inspired and influenced, but I like to be inspired and influenced by other things around me, not the exact same kind of work that makes sense. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I would purposely not buy magazines so that I wasn't too influenced by something that was already done. Got it. Now with social media, I mean, you go through my feed 
on Instagram, it's all hair and makeup stuff because that's what I do. That's what I like to see. And I get so frustrated sometimes when I'm just seeing this stuff over and over. And I feel like it's it's harder to be truly inspired now. Mm. And I'm constantly looking for inspiration in other ways, um, like weird beams of light coming through a window. Like, how can I make that makeup? You know, there's this bridge by our house in Dorchester that it looks like this crazy oil slick dripping off of it. And I'm like, ooh, how do I make that into a makeup look? Um, weird. Yeah. What a weird spot to start. Be like, well, I'm going to take this uh, really gross, oily fucking bridge and then put this on this beautiful yeah. girl's face. That's the fun of it, though, yeah. is just finding different ways of seeing something even ugly out there, but creating beauty with it. And yeah. that's one of the coolest things about what I do. And unfortunately, you don't get to do those jobs all the time, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got you lovely people around <laughs> that let me do that crazy stuff, so I'm very thankful. Um, but... I mean, and that goes back to like you were saying, you know, do people know how to do their own makeup and they know how to do it a certain way because it's shoved in their face on Instagram every day. It's like the look, there's a very specific look that I will see over and over and what, over again. What, see, what is this? I don't know. It's anything. that what is super it? contoured face, that cut crease. Um, eyeshadow look, big lashes, sculpted brow, and it's beautiful it's when, it's on when some the people. Nose but is super shiny, like a super shiny line. That highlighted nose. like crazy everywhere. And yes, I love that look for certain things. Like it looks wonderful on drag queens and people that are like, Hell I will yeah. look like that tonight for the crazy party I'm going to, and it'll be fucking fabulous. My husband's even letting me put highlight lashes and glitter in his beard. Like, he is <laughs> the fucking best husband ever. And he's like, yes. So, you know, in certain walks of life like yeah that's great but walking down the street like that every day when you spend an hour and a half on your makeup every morning like girl or boy whoever like there's more of life to live than sitting in front of a mirror for that long and it's just because it's shoved in their faces all the time with social media and yeah it's it's, it's hard makeup can be so unhealthy because some people need it to feel good about themselves well and it's also unhealthy for you as a uh, being. Yeah. I'm actually in the process of completely cleaning out my kit and only using um, organic, clean beauty products. Mm-hmm. There is so much shit in cosmetics that people are putting on yeah. their bodies. And the skin is the biggest organ on your body. Weird. It absorbs everything you put on it. So if you're putting all this toxic shit on it, it's going to affect your health. So, you know, there has been a movement of this for, you know, quite a few years, but as far as what I do with using it in film and print work, it wasn't up to caliber yet, but now it is. And I've actually been, um, getting some new stuff. I actually had this amazing line, um, send me a bunch of products for the first time. I've never had someone be like, we looked at your work. We love it. Here's all of our stuff for free. World of sponsorships. They're literally not asking me to sponsor, but I'll say their name now. Like it's Gressa Beauty or Gressa Skin and it's gorgeous product and it's all healthy natural stuff to put on your body oh cool and i think that's something that a lot of these young girls don't know that they're doing is they're just seeing that this makeup blogger is using this new product all they see is that it looks like something and works a certain way look at the ingredients look at what you're putting on your body and i think that that's something that's really important to like educate people on now. And I'm just learning about a lot of it myself. I have some really great friends that are really big into the clean beauty world and they're educating me and helping me. And, you know, I think that that's something that's really important to think about. That's actually a really good point because it's sort of an epidemic right now. The whole, the whole, the whole Instagram, I need to look like this person kind of beautiful thing. And then 
you don't really think about the fact you make a good point. Like your skin is the biggest organ on your body Yep. and it's absorbing things through the pores It's absorbing things through it. And so ugh, like, like what kind of gross shit is in this stuff? There's some like horrible stuff in it. I'm terrible with the names of things, but yeah, long chemical names. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a like different apps that I will look at products and not everything is listed, but I try to find things on there and it'll say the toxicity levels and like, you know, I want to start a family someday. And there are certain products that will affect your reproductive abilities. Yeah, no shit. And you're literally putting something like that on day after day after day. That's kind of scaring the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. So that's something personally I've done in my home. Um, my husband and I are really big with that kind of stuff. And now I'm educating other colleagues and my clients. Like, I don't want to put bad stuff on my clients. Yeah. I want them to like me. I don't <laughs> want them to be like, what is this crap? I can't you know? have babies because of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that would be horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's... And, and again, you know, girls are just looking at the image and not what also is behind creating that image well you also got to remember too like a lot of these influences are just sponsored and a lot of that stuff i i always say this whenever you see a commercial like if you're watching super bowl commercials you don't see commercials for products that are good you don't (laughs) see you don't see you don't see commercials for products that like are great products it's always that shit that's like this is a lifestyle brand this is a branding thing this is what this is and at the end of the day it's like yeah, we know that fucking McDonald's sucks for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we know that, like, do we really need an Alexa in the fucking house? Like, there's the, all this shit that they spend their money on. And so whenever you're looking at someone that is promoting makeup products, that company is approaching them to promote those makeup products. That company is either giving them, if they're small enough, they're giving them just free products that they're mm-hmm. on there promoting. But for some of the bigger ones, it's big fucking bucks yeah. that they're paying these people to oh, do this. I have a couple friends that are big beauty influencers and they've made a full on living out of it. And thank God they're actually very talented artists and have done further things. But it's crazy. I just, I don't know. I don't understand part of that part of the world. There's some it's new, there's some new ceiling. ruling. There's some new ruling that's happening. And uh, I, I don't know the specifics. So I'm going to just fucking glaze over it. But there's some new ruling that's going on right now where... You're you're being forced. I think you have to actually list when it's sponsored. Oh, yeah, because good. of Fire Festival. <gasps> is it? The, is it was yeah. it because oh, of that? Oh, okay. That's models awesome. That that's fake happening promoted now. that they would be there, and everyone was like, "Why? Yeah, why promote this?" I thing? finally just watched that because everyone was like, "You have to see it," and I didn't want to, but I did, and I'm glad I did because it did make me be like, "Ooh, I'm glad I'm not." Well, the, of course, I get sucked into stuff too. Who doesn't? But yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do your due diligence once you get sucked into something. Research it. Find out what it really is. You know, with the makeup, look at what the ingredients are. Don't just be like, this one person told me I have to use it and I'm going to look like them. Exactly. Doesn't what mean it's that, the best thing to use. That It wasn't a uh, like a blending brush, but it was silicone. <clears throat> yeah. Was that a thing? Is it? I've actually never used it. It could. I mean, in theory, I think it will. It works, but I mean, I, I haven't used it, so I shouldn't say anything. <laughs> what, about what, are you, it. what are we talking about? There's these little, like little booby. Yeah, it looks like like a silicone little pad thing and you can use that to apply makeup and again i haven't used it so i shouldn't say anything about it but uh i'll have to ask some of my girlfriends tonight when we have our little makeup gathering and (laughs) find out if they've used it there's a bunch of us that like geek out about makeup stuff together so i I would assume assume (laughs) the same way we geek about it everything else i like your posture right now it's very cute isn't it (laughs) This is, me, this is my little, like, my little hand rest <laughs> that's going on right here. It's because I smashed my hand Aww. when I was standing here. Little oh. baby. You okay? Little yeah, baby good. boy? Yeah, I'm hungover today. 
You guys really look pretty damn good for being hungover. Uh, I, feel, I do not feel good. That's Have a bad thing. That's a bad. If we look good and we feel like this shit, that means we're used to fear. Our bodies shit. are adapting. It's a bad, it's a bad fucking thing. Oh god. Um, so that stuff's really cool, and I think we're touching on some really f- interesting stuff that I wasn't considering before we started this episode, which is like beauty, the perception of beauty, uh-huh. the damage it does. Yeah. To yeah. The human oh my brain god. There's confidence. actually a lot of damage yeah. that it can do. <laughs> yeah, and then. Uh, I've said this before. There are those people, like when I'm casting and I'm looking for people, there are those people that naturally we all are drawn to. Yeah. Like naturally. Like we could be, you know, walking out of, a, like stepping out of a car into a puddle and someone like throws a fucking soda at us and, and we're still like going, who is that? Like <laughs> yeah. straight across the way. They just emanate, whether it's some sort of chemistry or some sort of like animal thing that, that happens. What is it though? What? what? At what point did we decide that hairless bodies... I think it's more than that. But it's not always that, though. Because I definitely have been, you know, drawn to what the normal, the beauty norm... I'm not saying that right. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Been drawn to what the beauty norm is not. And it's like that je ne sais quoi, like I was saying. You don't know what it is, but there's something about Mm -hmm. someone. And those are my favorite models to work with. The weird, quirky looking ones that you can morph into anything. You always pull models like that for us too to work with. And when you look at them, like you're saying, like they don't look like someone you would pick off the street to be the star, but there's just something there, something in their eyes, the shape of their nose, their mm-hmm. posture. Like it's so many different things that it could be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, so then we take those folks and we apply them into whatever world we're creating. Uh-huh. Whether it's like a high contrast color world or whether you and I are creating some sort of prosthetics or doing something like that. And then we photograph these people and these people without all that shit already have this draw, already have this thing that's going on. And I think those people end up becoming lighthouses or or like pillars yeah where everybody's like zoned right in and then there are the rest of us like regular people who are beautiful people and sometimes it takes more than just visual or smell for us to be attracted to like we'll sit down and have a conversation and be like this person's really fucking cool like yeah. this person's a great person i want to be around so the, there's the power in that too why are you laughing at me over there <laughs> something about smell i'm thinking that you probably <laughs> latched on to just a the like the normal people. It's not going to be sight for us. Uh, it might not even be smell, but maybe you got a good personality. <laughs> but this okay. So I have a point here. So uh, there, there's the regular folks that uh, look up to these people because we all do. You look up to those people that have this thing that draws you to them, and you're like, I want to be that person. Uh-huh. I want to be who that person is. And sometimes it is that natural thing. Sometimes it's the work that we do. That makes them that way. Mm-hmm. And like the all the lies that we essentially do yeah. to make them look that way. And then um it's it I, I always get saddened when I feel like a like a corporation will show up or someone that is manufacturing makeup or manufacturing like certain products like uh, clothing or whatever and just go, Do you want to look like so and so? Then buy this fucking product and do that. And I feel like we're just seeing the results of so many, so many lines of lineage from that. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's no personality in anything anymore. Exactly. Oh, that's depressing. So they're basing everything. Yeah, they're <laughs> Let's basing go everything. Way back. <laughs> but they're basing everything on the lies that we create in yeah. order to do a story, or they're 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 basing it on this attraction, which there's no fucking chemical that I can do suddenly to splash over me, and suddenly I'm Ryan Gosling, and I don't have to say anything, and I'm just sort of standing there, and everybody's like, "Oh, wet, 
You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I I often think people that are so naturally attractive physically to like the societal norm of what hot is are cursed <laughs> because they just have this like general thing that everyone will see first. They don't have to talk. They're already likes because they look good. It's like uh, stunting their growth because they're so attractive. Yeah. I mean, and there's been proof of mental problems with actors and actresses, unfortunately taking their lives and stuff because of yeah. all of that stuff. Yeah. It's horrible. It's, it's, I mean, it's unfair to them. I know a lot of smart and pretty people, but yes. it's unfair that they exist they, uh, too. Yes, most of them are. <laughs> All of them are. I've never worked with a dumb person ever. Besides the no, one across the table from us right now. No comment on that. <laughs> I well, love everyone. Yes, I mean, it's, a da- so it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous uh, topic to, to uh, discuss, but I think it's something that should be discussed <laughs> that uh, when we're looking at these things and we're trying to replicate these things, and, and when I meet a lot of young people, a lot of young, like you see a lot of young girls online trying to do this, they just don't think about it. And there, there isn't that connection that's made. People don't look at the TV and go, that's fucking real. And people don't look online and go, that's real. But they don't make the connection as to like how unreal it is. Yeah. I'm losing faith in society, though. I think they do look at it and think it's real now. Yeah, no, I think that they... they I think that line think is real. being very skewed hmm. the more and more we get into it. We're so inundated with things that people like what they watch becomes their reality or like coming home and playing video games is their reality because they're just not dealing with the rest of life. Yeah. That's wild. That's horrifying. Well, go outside and read a book. (laughs) (laughs) Put your toes in the sand, do something else. (laughs) The internet. It's the internet. Yeah. And and who, you know, who am I to say? I get sucked into all of it too. I'm just, I can be just like everyone else sometimes, but you know, sometimes you have to kick yourself in the ass and give yourself that reminder. You got to remind yourself. You got to pull yourself out of it. And I think coming back to what this show is about, I think that as a creative, you have to pull yourself away. And you made a good point about that earlier where you were saying that I try not to be influenced by other people's finished work. Yeah. Which is something that we fall victim to and trapped to because uh, clients will do that. Yes. Clients will present us with stuff and they'll go, this is what we would like. Yeah. They, They would give us some finished piece of work. And you're just like, why am I fucking here? You have to put your own spin. It could be the tiniest thing, but you have to put something that puts your stamp on it, even if the client is asking for it, you know, without going off what they want. Like I I just personally, I feel like you have to try to do something to make it your own. Smart, smart. Well, I think we've been doing pretty good. We're hitting that point on the show. And um, what are you you doing over there, Gina? What's going on? (laughs) You stop being allergic to dogs, Michael. So Gina can get one. Just gonna get you a hazmat suit to live in at home, and then you guys can get it up. I'll be miss. Yeah, sure. I'll make my life miserable. (laughs) What are you looking at right now, Gina? Uh, My obsession is Ernie's Journey on Instagram. It is the best dog ever. It's a smooth coated petite brambicon. Smooth coated petite. (laughs) The way you describe that, it's like ordering a coffee at (laughs) Starbucks. Oh my god, I love it. Your obsession with those, you know, and I've said this before, if that dog was uh was a human, <laughs> it'd be like a broken homeless guy in an alley. Oh, he's so stinking cute. <laughs> he's oh. a mess. He's a monster. He's the cutest monster ever. He okay, so we were just talking about that ever. with the, the actors and actresses, models, whatever, mm-hmm. and how there's just something about them, and sometimes it's something off. Hello, it happens with dogs too. Yes. It looks like it looks like someone had a bunch of Mr. Ba- Mr. Potato Head parts, and they just threw them into a pile of mashed potatoes. Oh 
my god, it's so cute. The teeth are upside down. Perfect. I already. I don't think I've told you this yet, but I want you for some sort of event like a birthday or an anniversary. I want you to bring Ernie's journey to me. (laughs) Done. Done. (laughs) I won't be there. I'll bring the hazmat suit for you, so you can be contained and walking the dog. (laughs) You hear the tank like uh, Darth Vader. (laughs) He presents the dog. Take it. (laughs) I don't think I've ever held one. A dog? Yeah. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. No, when have I ever held a when have I ever held a dog? I've never held a dog. Well, not while we've been together, but in my life. As a child, you probably held Maybe when I was like a tiny, tiny kid, but I don't I don't know what a dog feels like. That's such a weird So sad. You're gonna murder somebody. You haven't lived. You have not lived. I was saying to Gina because I was over at uh, Red Sky Studios hanging out with Ruben the other day. Oh, when you called a dog a low wet thing? (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm standing in the room and I'm talking to Ruben and they have like snacks. Uh, Winston's dog snacks runs around that fucking space. And so I'm in there and I just I'm in the middle of a statement and I feel this like Low wet thing is what you Low described as a dog. <laughs> and I just jumped and I screamed and Ruben wouldn't stop laughing at me. He's like, you're afraid of dogs. I go, no, I'm standing here. And this low wet thing just smashes himself <laughs> into my hand. I'm seeing a possible uh, movie coming out yeah, of this. Horror low wet you thing. and your low wet thing dogs being a horror show. <laughs> I keep saying that if I was James Bond, all they would have to do to interrogate me is tie me to a chair and put a cat in my lap. Like a little puppy or a little kitty? <laughs> that would be, it would be the oh end God. of me. It would be the end of me. I would love that. <laughs> it's, it's me dying? You'd get over it. If we just tied to the chair and slowly introduced pet fur and uh, saliva. Sure, sure. You can get it's over the body. allergy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But getting over it, yeah. Like so my getting over a, a drug addiction is going to be real hard for a little, a little while. <laughs> Just inject him with enough heroin. Eventually, his body will figure it out. Eventually, oh, he'll be God. good. All right. So I think we're at that point. This is usually where I ask the guest, like, for any of the young listeners out there, for any of the young makeup artists out there, is there something that you've learned over your, how many, you've been doing it for what, 20 years Almost now? 20 years. Like trying to look back, like it's definitely 18. So like okay. close to 20 years. Yeah. So we're about that. Yeah. We're about equal. Uh, so over that period of time, is there something that you could, if you had to go back in time and tell yourself, you know, 10 years from now, hey, do this, it's going to make your life a lot easier. Yeah. What would that thing be? Ooh, there's a couple. First, if you're in high school, go to a tech school and do the cosmetology program. Mm. You can be out of high school and have your hair license and like hit the ground running. Um, second would be you have to put yourself out there. I mean, the whole reason I met you was because I worked on a shoot with um, this random director. I don't even remember how I got hooked up with that, but Larry was on the job. Larry... Why? liked my work from that job and introduced introduced me to you. And that was how we started doing our first music videos. And it's, it's about the connections you make with people. Um, it's not just having the talent. It's about how you work and being constantly professional, showing up on time. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean showing up when it's your call time, trying to get there a few minutes early. Of course, there's things that happen. It doesn't always work, but, um, Educate yourself as much as you can. Um, I said this earlier. I don't care if you've been doing it as long as I have or if you've been doing it for two years. There are different techniques and ways of doing everything, and you can learn from everyone. You just have to constantly be a sponge. Right. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, apprenticing and, and assisting people wasn't something I was able to do. I literally showed up on my first film set and was like, um, and I am going to pretend I know what I'm doing. And I learned the hard way when to run in on set and when not. And what, um, you know, you know, saying flashing, if you're taking a picture, like stupid things that no one knows about where I just had to learn on my own, link up with someone that you admire and just beg them to take you under their wing. I mean, if it means actually writing letters and just putting yourself out there to get in with someone, then do that. Um, but yeah, I think that was the biggest thing is just getting yourself out there. You have to test a ton in the beginning. You will be working for free for a while. You have to build your book. You have to show people what your range is. And, you know, sometimes you have to do that for free in the beginning. So it's all the way around. Mm -hmm. It's like every department. That's yeah, I still advice. do stuff for test shoots for free just because I need to fulfill some artistic need or mm -hmm. just need something different for my book. Without someone telling you. How, yes, exactly. You know, and yeah. I mean, it gets a little mundane for me sometimes too, where I am doing more of the very basic kind of makeup looks and corporate stuff. And I'm like, I need to do something crazy. And, you know, I'll give Gina a call or someone else and be like, let's create magic. And yeah. just constantly um, expanding your um, comfort zone too. You know, that's how I learned how to do everything. I did not know what the fuck I was doing in the beginning, but I was like, I'm going to sit here and figure it out. And I did. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I appreciate you guys continuously tuning in. Uh, it's been a very exciting few months uh, because our, our viewers or our listeners have been going up. Um, the success of that uh, episode with Jeremy Benning, the cinematographer from the show The Expanse, has been huge. Uh, we've got a great following because of that episode alone. Um, and I've got a bunch of new great episodes on the horizon. Uh, but please... Please, please, please show your support by telling people about the show. There's so many people that are turning to, into podcasts lately. It's becoming a huge thing. It's been a huge thing for a while, but I don't know how many times I'll sign into Twitter and there are people going, can you please suggest some podcasts to me? I'm doing my workout, I'm riding the bus, I'm stuck in fucking traffic. I need something to listen to. So tell them that they should listen to this show. Because the more people that I get to listen to the show, the better I do with sponsorships. And the more money that I make on sponsorships, the more frequently I can do this show. Uh, because more often than not, I have to walk away from this to go do my regular job. Which is a great job directing, but I still got to go do it. You know what I'm saying? So, if you guys can get some more listeners going, I can put out more episodes more frequently. Uh, and you'll listen to my beautiful voice more often. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I said before, check us out on Instagram. You can go follow me at Mike Petchy on Instagram. Uh, what's going on with me? Uh, we pre-recorded the show a little while ago, so I've got a bunch of new shit going on now. Uh, we're just about to release um, the new project that I did for Dale Strong. Uh, this really epic uh, little piece uh, about a chef. Uh, it's actually David Cruda's brother, uh, Phil Cruda, who um, is a chef of Brassica 
here in Boston. He's fucking amazing. He does like James Beard worthy shit. Um, and I did a, a piece on him because uh, he's also a really fucking great woodworker. And so I wanted to do sort of this epic parallel between the hands that, that make the products that he uses when he's in the kitchen and the same hands that make the meals, these delicate meals that get placed and plated on these boards. Um, so it's a really cool piece. And uh, find out more about it either at my website, mypetchy.com, or on my Instagram, uh, at mypetchy. Um, and then you can also on there, I've been giving away inspiration kits lately, giving away comic books. Uh, that is the only place that you can see my film, uh, 12 Kilometers. If you go there and you send me a direct message, tell me your three favorite horror movies and why you should see 12KM, you'll get a limited link and you'll be able to watch the film. It's the only place you can see that stuff. Uh, you can also follow the podcast's uh, official Instagram page, which is In Love With The Process Pod. That's In Love With The Process P-O-D on Instagram. And there I'm putting up behind the scenes stuff. I'm putting up... Uh, a lot of images from the recording of the show, some video links, um, some clips. It's a cool place to hang out. Um, you can drop me questions. You can leave me feedback on either one of those accounts. Um, and I really, really appreciate your support, everybody. Um, and yeah, I could sit here and ramble all day. I, you know, I'm going to plug them because I don't plug them enough. The music that you're listening to in the background is from Code Electro. That's Electro with a K. Uh, make sure his link is below. I love his music. He's got some fucking brand new shit coming out right now that's phenomenal. And he also did all of the scoring work on my latest piece. A very talented fucking dude. Uh, and I'm very happy uh, to have him on the show all the time. His music is kind of the face of the show. So uh, thank you. Um, and thank you guys for checking out his stuff. All right, enough rambling. That's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. See you later.